welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary. This is to accompany episode number 31. And the broadcast date is Saturday the 1st of October 2016. Can't believe it's the 1st of October. It's actually a really interesting date because it's six years since I left regular daytime, you know, secure employment at the BBC. So I've been self-employed now for six years. Now, in my life, I'd never had any experience whatsoever of business. I did the usual thing, O-levels, A-levels, university, went into a teaching job, went into the BBC. So I'd been salaried all my life, really. It was a real shock for me going self-employed. So I'm having just that little quiet celebration today that I've actually managed to survive off my own resources for the last uh, six years. I'm quite pleased with myself with that. So my writing news. Uh, Last week, you'd have heard me say how I was struggling with the writing. I, I think some things had happened at home and we'd moved things around and I was out of routine. And I said to you I was going to be catching up with last week's writing uh, on the Saturday and the Sunday. Well, I did do that. I was determined not to get behind. So on Saturday, I was up at 5.45 and I got my uh, 5,273 words done. And on Sunday, I was up at five o'clock in the morning. I know it's ridiculous. And uh, I got 5,167 words done. So I had I'd caught up with last week's writing by the time uh, we were done on Sunday. So about by midday on Sunday. I, I've got to tell you, I really like writing at that time of day. It really, It's quite hard getting out of bed to do it. And you're sitting at your computer and it's still dark outside, nursing the first cup of tea of the day. It does feel a bit crazy, but it's a really good time to write. I, I do like it. And I've just finished writing today. So um, since since I last spoke to you, this is ridiculous, actually. I've got, how many words have I got done? 20, over 20,000, about 21, 22,000 words since we last spoke. So um, I've also written 5,757 words on Thursday. And today I'm recording this on the Friday. I've written 5,469 words. So that's, that is quite a lot, isn't it, in a week? 20-odd 20, 20 thousand, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, the story's going well. We're, we're past, well. we're well past the halfway mark now. I think we're at, uh, at 53,000, no, 50-something thousand words. I can't remember what it is. Um, and I'm aiming for 90 with this book. They never quite know how long it's going to be. Um, so The Forgotten Children is going really well. Now, what I do is one of my incentivizations. I jot down my word counts on a calendar to my side here. And I was quite surprised to see that in um, September my word count has been 53,496 words, which is actually over the NaNoWriMo target. Now, um, I hadn't realised this either, but in July of this year, I was just short of 60,000 words. Now, if you've followed this podcast diary, you'll know that I was going to do NaNoWriMo this month, but actually I'm changing my plans with NaNoWriMo. I've, I've rescheduled the year and I'm going to talk about my quarterly planning board in a minute because it's all tied into my quarterly planning board. But effectively, I, I figured that the only reason for me doing NaNoWriMo really was to do that 50,000 words in a month word count. Well, frankly, I've, I've done it twice this year and I've, I've well exceeded it on both occasions. So I don't feel that I need to do that just as a as a kind of writing exercise tool. Um, it's always quite nice to jump on NaNoWriMo, but I've really just decided that actually my focus is better 
getting these three thrillers completed, edited, and as polished as I could possibly make them. Now, the other thing is, is if I write too fast, this is the funny thing about this, is that, um, you, you know, it costs a lot of money for an edit on a 90,000 word book. It's pretty expensive. And then I've also got covers to get for these three books. And I, I'm almost outwriting my ability to pay for the services I need to get the books published, which, which is ridiculous. You know, it's going to cost me, you know, at least probably 300 quid to get a cover done, may, maybe as much as four. Um, so I got to find that money as well. That's almost a thousand a book, isn't it? So I, I am outstripping my ability to pay for all of this stuff at the moment. I'm writing too fast in many respects. So what I've what I've decided to do, and you know, you know, these things change. This is the whole pur purpose of this podcast diary. In that you know, I want you to hear what I'm doing and the problems and how I map all of this out. But but and, and often, like when I'm writing a book, to be honest with you, things become clear as I move through the tasks things become clearer. And I just had that realisation today. I thought, why are you going to do a NaNoWriMo? You're going to produce another book. You're going to have to pay for more editing. You need another cover. And actually, we've got three books in the works. It's not like you haven't got anything chugging through the works. So I've decided to focus on the three uh, thrillers that I'm writing. And I want to get those as good as possible. I really want to polish those and, and work on those. I haven't set any release dates yet. I've got a notional dated my head of the 31st of January. So they're going to be written and ready well before then. But my target, and I, I probably need to go onto my quarter four planning now and just jump to the quarter four planning, because my, my quarter four planning is to get Thriller 3 done. So I want this Thriller written by the end of October. That will be done by the end of October. And then I've sent off Thriller number two to my editor, Helen, who will have it for a month now. So she's going to do her very detailed edit on that. She did a great job of book one. I need to get back to book one, so I haven't looked at Helen's edits yet, other than to, to flick through them and have a quick glance at them. I'm going to start moving to Helen's book one edit tomorrow. I'm going to go through that with a fine tooth comb, see what she's recommended, to leave in, cut out. And then obviously, as I write the three thrillers, sometimes I just have to align my facts and just maybe drop a few seeded, extra seeded sentences in there. You know, just to align the books to make sure the books really work. Then I need to sort of make sure I haven't made any mess ups with with the grammar and the spelling again. And Helen's offered to give a final read on that book, so I want to get that as polished as I possibly can. So these books are going to start popping out, finished probably probably Novemberish time. Book one will probably pop out Novemberish time, and then Helen will let me have book two back, and then I'll send her book three when I've been through my edit of book three. So we're kind of on this conveyor belt. I just thought, you know, I, you know, I got enough on. Let's concentrate on getting these books sorted. And also, the other thing I want to do is I do want to review my non-fictions. So once again, if you've listened to this diary a lot, if you've been following it, you'll have heard me talk about that maybe target of getting 10 non-fictions um, sorted by the end of the year. Well, I'm still, I've still got that at the back of my mind because I, I have, um, how many have I got ready written? I've, I've got eight, eight ready written. Two of them need a little bit of work. Six of them need refreshing. And then it's just a case really of getting two 10,000 word or so non-fictions done by the end of the year. So I'm still interested in that as well. Because again, it makes more sense to me to leverage the work I've done on the non-fictions. When I thought about it, I was going to ditch the non-fictions. But it makes more sense to me to leverage the work I've already done. I've got covers. I've got reviews on those books. It makes much more sense to, to rework those 
that it does to start from scratch. So I think what I'm going to be doing up till Christmas is focusing on the three thrillers, getting them as good as possible, and then reworking, re-nosing, doing what I have to do for the non-fictions. So I've at least got eight of them that are good to go and to keep selling in the new year. And maybe, see how the time goes, maybe even ten of them. Notionally, um, I've... I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go next after the thrillers. I think I want to go and do a trilogy. I, I've been getting quite excited about writing back in science fiction again, and uh, so I think I'm gonna do a, a final trilogy, which will close the grid trilogy and the secret bunker trilogy. It's going to bring those two worlds together, and I've had this planned out roughly for quite a while actually and I was almost going to write it before I did the thriller so I know roughly where I'm going with that but I think that I might start to write that sort of January time in the new year that and again these are just rough plans and then I might revisit the thrillers so I got to really you know obviously push the thrillers try and build that new thriller audience see how they go and then by the time I've got the, my trilogies done I'll know which way the wind's blowing so I'll know really you know can I build a better audience in thrillers am I doing all right in um, dystopian am I doing all right in both of them and that I think will will direct the way I'm going to write in the future so um, I'm going to have a real good core of books then so I'm going to have nine fiction books out or, or you know ready written by the end of this year uh, by the end of next year that should be up to 12 12 at least if I fill in that other trilogy and that's that's a pretty good stock to to, to work on and to market and uh, you know to tout around and, and and to talk about and teach about it's a pretty good uh, repertoire as well as maybe eight to ten non-fiction books um so that's kind of where i'm i'm going at the moment let me talk to you about my quarterly planning board again if, if you listen to this if you followed these diaries you'll know that i have a planning board to my left here big planning white planning board and one of the things i do is i plan my year on a quarterly basis and we're just obviously about to enter quarter four and i do this for all sorts of reasons number one i find it it makes me really focus on the most important things and those things do change i'm not so tied to my my planning and my objectives that i won't move them around or amend them you, you've heard if you listen to the diary you know i do that all the time um uh, uh, and and you know sometimes things change so i find the planning board really really um you know useful for me always coming back to it and saying what's most important this quarter what's most important all the time what do i have to get done and what must i focus on so i've just knocked off quarter three and I'll put the photograph of that on to the show notes so that you can see quarter three. And, I, and you'll see there's green ticks all over. I do it as much for motivational purposes because there's nothing like giving you a sense of, of completion and progress, like ticking all those things off. I get a real sense of achievement at the end of a quarter when all those things are ticked off. I've hit all my objectives, even though I might have just had to remodel the objectives within the quarter. Uh, you know, I'm not so slavish to them that I won't change things if it's quite clear to me that things have to, to change. And, and I've also drawn out my next, my quarter four objectives. And my quarter four objectives are completely focused on thrillers one, two, three, finishing thriller three, editing, getting an ebook cover, sorry, getting a book cover and producing an ebook of thrillers one, two, three. So I want them all lined up, ready to go by the end of January. Now, here's the next thing with those thrillers. Those thrillers are going to go to some publishers who I've researched. I got a big clip up in front of me on my, my other board here, my pin board. Um, of publishers who I have highlighted as being the kind of publishers that I would like to work with. So they're a bit groovy, a bit trendy. They're not too traditional. They're into print and they offer, and they offer um, 
you know, bigger commissions. They're just a bit more groovy, which is kind of what I want. Um, I don't really want to go dead traditional. So I've got some really good um, publishers that I'm interested in there. Plus, I got some competitions that I want to enter, but one into as well. So um, the competitions are London Book Festival. Not that it's a brilliant competition, uh, but that um, but that I quite like to go down. They usually hold the ceremony at the British Library, and I'd like to quite go down if I could win that. That would be great because it's in this country. So I am going to go in for the London Book Festival. I think I was was I shortlisted or longlisted or something in that last year. So I'm having another crack at that this year. I'm going in for a Caledonia book question. Uh, Book, book competition. I think I'm going in for the Young Adult Book Prize with The Grid. The Grid's getting some great reviews. I'm really happy with that. One of my tendencies is that I t tend to forget about what I've done while, I, while I'm working on something new. The Grid's getting some really good reviews um, in, in the States. I'm, I'm ever so happy with them. So that, that book seems to be doing okay. So I'm going to put that in for the Young Adult Book Prize. And the Writer's Digest also have competitions. They usually have ebook competitions and self-publishing competitions. So I'm hoping to put it in for that as well. And then in terms of publishing, I'm going to send it to Evidence Press, Bloodhound, Moth Books, Fahrenheit Press, Bookature, and Joffa. Joff, Joffa, J-O-F-F-E. Those are those are publishers that I'm I'm really interested in, and I'm going to give it a punt with with them as well. So it's I'm going to give it you know roughly till January thirty first, but I'll see. But that's my notional date. The books will certainly be ready and lined up and teed up to to self publish on January the thirty first, pending the kind of feedback I get from those activities. So really, quarter four is all about the thrillers. It's all about finishing them, making them good, get them out there, putting them in some hands, and teeing them up, ready to be self-published if I don't get any bites. Then there are some smaller jobs in there too. Uh, what else am I going to do? I've got uh, I've got the Borderlines Book Festival, which I'm really looking forward to. That's coming up next week. Can't believe it's next week already. I've got to do some um, it's educational work. That's my own education. So um, I'm going to do, I need to look at my Facebook ad reviews, my Twitter ads and my Google ads. I really got to put some time into those, spend some more money on ads. I got, I've been getting a lot of leads recently on the grid one. I think last week I told you I'd turn them off and I don't know what made me turn the grid one back on earlier this week. I've been getting a lot of leads off that this week. It's been very good. So I'm really interested in, in, in the Facebook, but I, I got to do some more education just to make sure I'm doing it right. Um, and the other thing I'm going to do, I did a little test the other day. All of the podcast interviews that I've done, I'm going to put up as audio only on YouTube. So I got, what, 30 podcast interviews now. I'm going to move them all onto YouTube. I've got two up there at the moment. But I just need to come up with a sized graphic format so that I can put a picture of the interviewee on and my logo and things like that. I just need to size it for YouTube. So that's something I also want to do this quarter. Um, so, so that's kind of it, really. It's it's going to be all about the thrillers. It's going to be more about making the most of what I've done and what I've got already, rather than producing anything new. And again, that that's the value for me of doing this quarterly planning, because when I totted up my word count and I, I looked at what I got to do, and I just thought, you know, there's no point me doing NaNoWriMo just for the hell of it, just for the sake of it. I have enough stuff out there. I need to c concentrate on quality and on selling what I've got already on my existing assets. I, I, I know this is a flaw, a weakness on, on my part, that I'm very, very good at producing stuff. You know, you'll, you'll know if you listen to this, I can produce stuff fast. That doesn't give me a problem. 
but if I've, if I've had a problem in terms of selling, uh, you know, in, in terms of being self-employed, which is how I started this podcast diary today, being six years self-employed, it's that I like production. I don't concentrate enough on marketing and sales and, and I need to be shifted more of the stuff that I produce. So I think that's what quarter four is going to be all about. Okay, that's the quarterly planning board. By the way, I'll, I'll put the photographs of the completed quarter three and quarter four on the show notes. You'll see one or two things that I have to just blank out there. That's They usually just relate to, to money things, financial targets, you know, things I got to do financially, accounts and things like that. I just blank those out and let you see the things that, that sort of matter that I can free, freely talk about. There's not many things on there. Um, but you'll see a couple of things just blanked out. Podcast recordings. Well, uh, in fact, in the last half hour uh, since, since recording this, I've just been chatting to Andrew Bromley from Ingram Spark. Um, I'd be really keen to talk to Ingram Spark because I listed my books. Um, I listed the first three on Ingram Spark, and then I was going to list the grid on on Ingram Spark, and I, I had some technical. Uh, issues around it and then I just and, and I worked out pricing points and things like that and thought you know what I, there's no, not a lot of point me listing here because I can't make any money out of this and I've wanted to talk to Ingram Spark for a while I wanted to have a direct interview with them to talk to them about all the things you know some of the problems and the friction that I'd had using Ingram Spark and to just talk it through and I've done that with Andrew Bromley he gave me a brilliant interview really really happy with it I dug into all the little problems and nooks and crannies you know where, where I had questions and, and I got to tell you as a result of that interview I'm, you know, I'm back in the saddle again with with Ingram Spark. I'm thinking, you know, do you know what? It's time to come back to this again. I want to have another look at this and give this another go. I get this now, um, and and I can see the benefits. And Ingram Spark, I've got some really good innovations coming up actually uh, that make me more interested in them again. That I need to be on board with Ingram Spark. So I, I think that what I took away from that is is that I'm coming back to Ingram Spark. I'm going to look at putting my books back into uh, Ingram Spark and the thrillers probably are going to go straight in there. Though with the thrillers, um, I am going to delay any kind of public paperback with the thrillers. So I, I ain't going to even put them in create space. Uh, they're going to go on digital first of all, before I even think about putting them in paperback. So that's um, Andrew Bromley. That interview is going to go out, I think it's the end of November, 28th of November off the top of my head. So I'm recording way ahead now. But uh, good interview. Uh, well worth listening to that interview with Andrew Bromley. Um, booked for this week are Harry Bingham. Harry is the, well, he's a writer, I should say. He's an author, first of all. Uh, Harry, interestingly, has had a TV series made of one of his books, which is great. He writes crime series. Uh, he writes a, a, a female. He's a male writing a female protagonist, which is interesting. And Harry's also quite an entrepreneur in actual fact. He's the creator of the Writers' Workshop. You, you've heard me talking lots and lots about Writers' Workshop and the Festival of Writing in York, which I'm a big fan of. So um, I nobbled Harry at this year's Festival of Writing. Really pleased to be talking to him. And Harry's been really interested because Harry's come up through traditional publishing. But um, even in the year since I saw him speak at the last Festival of Writing, he's suddenly become an evangelist for self-publishing. He's really got the bit between his teeth on self-publishing, uh, yet he's come from a traditional background. So he's going to have a really, really looking forward to talking to Harry, Interview, uh, interviewing him next week. And also uh, a lady who I've been uh, tracking down for a long time, Rachel Amphlett, who's a UK author, now based in Australia. And interestingly, I said that Harry's writing 
um, a, a female protagonist, Rachel writes a male protagonist, and she's writing in the kind of Lee childlike action thrillers, and, and she markets very much like Mark Dawson. When I see her Facebook advertising, it looks very much like Mark Dawson's advertising. She's very much going for that kind of genre, um, and and having you know great success with it. She's doing a great job, doing all sorts of interesting things, and I'm really looking forward to talk, talking to Rachel. Now, Rachel is my first. Um, Australia interview we had to do a little bit of jiggery pokery with the diaries to try and get us to talk at a time that's fairly sociable for both of us so again I'm really looking forward to that oh and by the way just confirm somebody else who I've been chasing for a while is UK crime writer Chris Longmuir now Chris I am recording in a week or two's time and Chris will be on the podcast before Christmas so we've got loads of great stuff coming up between now and Christmas really really happy with the you know the quality of the guests and the information that they're giving me uh, on the podcast I'm just learning so much from it I hope I hope you are too okay so where are we on Sunday I did a WordPress for authors in one hour webinar now um, there was no real purpose to this other than I used to do a lot of webinars when I was internet marketing I actually really enjoy webinars I love teaching via webinar I prefer actually I prefer teaching via webinar than I do one-to-one I, I find it quite tiring doing a day's teaching one-to-one but actually a webinar at an hour and a half to two hours maximum I really really uh, enjoy doing webinars and I just hadn't done one for ages and one of the reasons I haven't done webinars well number one reason is that um, I'm out of internet marketing I don't although I, I, I use internet marketing for what I do as an author I'm not that isn't the main thrust of the business anymore and obviously I'm still interested in internet marketing I hopefully I know lots about it and I teach it but I'm not an internet marketer as such nowadays in that what I'm selling is is books um, so I use a lot of the techniques that I learned but I, I don't count myself as an internet marketer I count myself now as an authorpreneur who uses internet marketing to, to sell what I'm doing so um, I, I've, when I was doing internet marketing I was using GoToWebinar it's very expensive. It's a great tool. And when I was using it, I mean, I actually did a 12-week training course when I was internet marketing. And I remember um, one of the big drawbacks of GoToWebinar was that it was processing the video. It was a devil of a job to process. So it was a couple of years ago when I was doing something called the, was it the Seven Figure Success Formula. There's an internet marketing title if ever you needed one. But we were doing, it was a really good training program, actually. Um, but it was a very good training program. I was very pleased with it. But um, we would do um, a webinar every week and we recorded it and then I'd chop it up and turn it into modules, which we then resold as a monthly membership site. And um, and I can remember uh, pr- processing the videos. It used to take me ages to convert the videos to a, a type that I could use um, with the software that I was using. And that was always the big drawbreaker back of GoToWebinar. It was a great software, but that was a big problem. Now, recently, they solved that problem. Thank goodness. Um, and I've tried all sorts of different webinar solutions in between times. And frankly, none of them has come up to the standard of GoToWebinar. Uh, but it's so expensive. It really is. Now... Again, if you listen to this diary, you'll have heard me say that I had a little play with uh, ConvertKit recently because my renewal was coming up on GetResponse. I decided to stick with GetResponse and I found that I had GetResponse's webinar tool as part of my annual uh, premium that I was paying to use the software. So I was just really keen to do another webinar just for the sake of it and also to test this webinar software. 
So I used it for the first time in a live webinar on Sunday and I really liked it. It's really good. It's all the things that I like about GoToWebinar. And it's a really funny thing. It's a simple thing. But one of the things I really need, because I'm generally demonstrating softwares and how to install WordPress and things like that, I need to be able to draw on the screen. I need to be able to circle things and, and annotate arrows on the screen so that people can see what I'm doing and where I'm clicking more easily. And, uh, you know, in actual fact, most of the softwares don't do that. But the GoToWebinar one does. So, it, you know, it, I got on really well with it. Um, so I went you know, headfirst into a live webinar, it was great. I had no trouble with it at all. It auto-recorded the webinar. I had the replay process within about 10 minutes, quarter of an hour of actually doing the live event. So I was very happy with it. I got some great feedback. There was no sales in there. It was just me teaching. I did an hour of teaching and I did uh, half an hour of q and I gave my WordPress book away for free for the attendees and I gave them the video to refer to. Got lots of lovely feedback um, and I just enjoyed it. No other purpose. I've got no plans to hold anymore. I just wanted to get back in the saddle of webinars because I really enjoy doing them. And frankly, you know, if I if I could find an excuse to do one a month or something like that, you know, if I could find, I don't know, if, if I could find a, a ready-made audience, if you want, uh, to do the webinars for, um, I'd love to. So um, I'd eventually, it'd be nice if I could build that audience myself because I don't have that internet marketing audience anymore that I used to have. Um, but that's kind of what I'd like to do. If I was doing one a month, uh, just teaching Facebook and internet marketing, email marketing, something like that, it would be uh, fabulous. It would be a really good thing for me to do. I'd be really interested in that. So, um, you know, we'll wait and see. But at least I've now got a software tool that's just sitting there waiting and uh, maybe that will come about. Um, Facebook ads, I've told you about those. Oh, um, why I was getting excited about the Grid 1 is this week I've been getting sort of 43 pence, 45 pence per lead type results. And I've been selling more box sets. Um, and that's good. And I've been adding a lot of people to my list. And sort of 45p, that feels all right to me. You know, on a book, um, that feels about all right to me. So, we'll see. Uh, but... Um, I've been quite excited about those grid results. That 45 people lead feels all right to me, you know, bearing in mind you're getting a, a reader. And actually what I'm doing with both lists on my secret bunker and my grid lists, I just want to get those safely over the 100 mark, if I can. So 100 new prospects reading those books, because I'm going to try and convert some of those readers then into street teams, into pre-readers. I'm just going to send them the books for free, get their feedback on them, and, um, you know, just develop this street team that people say it's really important to get. So, um you know, to a certain extent, you know, yes, obviously, I want to make sales out of those people. But also, I've got other things in mind. And one of those things is that I quite like to use them as beta readers and early reviewers, if I can as well. Next week is the Borderlines Book Festival. I got the presentation done, really pleased with the presentation. Um, I hope, I'm sure it's going to be really useful to people who don't know anything about self-publishing. I'm really happy. I, I'm, I'm quite nervous about these things. In, in that when I do a live event, I get a bit jittery about whether anybody's going to turn up. And um, we've sold all the tickets, which is fabulous. Now, there aren't a million tickets to sell because it's a workshop-style presentation. Um, but the tickets have gone. Um, so I'm very pleased about that. They had to release a few more, and I think we're done again now by the looks of it. So, um, you know, it won't be a packed room. It's just a small kind of workshop-style session. But um, I'm very happy with that. I think I got a good presentation. I'm really looking forward to doing it. And this, again, is hopefully part of me building my kind of teaching uh, at festivals, teaching at self-publishing events, really like doing that stuff and I want to do more of it and I hope that this is going to build my kind of CV as far as that's concerned and my profile as well. 
So that's the diary for this week. Another busy one. Lots of words written. Lots of, you know, book progress made. I'll have another podcast diary for you next Saturday. And of course, on Monday, it's episode 31 of Self-Publishing Journeys with another guest. That episode is going to be released on Monday, the 3rd of October. My guest on Monday is Ali Luke. Ali is an author, a writing coach, and a blogger. And here's something really interesting, which I didn't realize at first when I started looking at Ali online. Ali wrote Publishing Ebooks for Dummies, which is a book I've got on my shelf just to the right of me here. It was the first book I ever bought when I started looking at self-publishing, and I'm sure that'll be true for a lot of people listening to this today. So really fascinating to talk to Ali. Again, like all the guests, packed with great information and stuff that I didn't know as a self-publisher. So Ali Luke is my guest on Monday's podcast. I look forward to seeing you again then. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.